Welcome to the Intentional Family Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Schmitz, joined by Mike, my husband and co-host. How are you today? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm great. Excellent. (laughs) Our episodes are inspired by how we're learning and growing and being challenged. Today, it's all about peace and operating from a state of rest. I like this topic. This is a good one. It's something I think everybody needs. Yes. I mean, I need it desperately. That's why I've been (laughs) searching the topic for months now, trying to land on what does this actually look like? And Mm. can you actually live this way? And what did you find? Is it possible? It is possible. And I've done it. (laughs) Not consistently, but I have done it. All right. So it's at least possible. And today we're going to share some of the things that we've learned that have worked and also... As you admitted just now, we don't have it all figured out. We don't operate this way all the time. So maybe you can learn from some of our mistakes as well. (laughs) Yes, please. Please do. But like I said, my desire for learning about peace and rest has been stirred the last few months. And it really started with this Tuesday morning that typically is extremely hectic. And that's kind of putting it lightly. Those darn Tuesdays. (laughs) This morning was different. We left early. Everything was in tow, in peace and rest, no frenzy, no stressful yelling episodes. (laughs) But why? Let's back up a little bit here. Let's describe a typical Tuesday morning and then describe what was different about this one, just to paint a picture for people so maybe they can relate with this a little bit. Yeah, the difference... Okay, so normally... It's like I'm prepared. I have my lesson plans. All the kids' bags are packed. All our lunches are packed. Everything's ready to go. A lot of times it's even in the truck already. And that's because Tuesdays are classical conversation days. So it's the one day that you are out of the house and you are at the campus with everybody. Yes. And I'm teaching as well. And I have to make sure all five kids have everything they need for their different classes for the day. And I know some of you do this every single day of the week. Leaving the house Props for us. to you. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't, and it wasn't just isolated to Tuesdays. Like anytime leaving the house, whether I'm going to the gym or to church or anywhere, it's like this frenzied, like, come on. But Tuesdays was the regular thing. Yes. And so it's, you know, this one's not doing what he's doing. You have to repeat, put on your shoes. Like, okay, yeah, we wear shoes. Like sometimes <laughs> as a mom, you're like, why do I have to even say this? We've been doing this for years. You know you need shoes when you go to school. <laughs> why do I have to tell you 12 times to put your shoes on to go to school? <laughs> yes. Did you brush your teeth? Are you wearing deodorant? Do you stink? Are you the stinky kid? Hopefully not. <laughs> All these things. So it's like not only having my own stuff in order, but then each of them making sure they're continually moving forward. So mm-hmm. I find myself ah, crazy yep. yelling, you know, like this one, do this, this one, do this, barking orders constantly. And it's really not, just not set up for a super great morning at all. Well, that's the thing is that it was not set up by default, right? So you kind of just click into that. And as you're going to talk about here in a second, there are things you can do to set it up. So it is not stressful and it is more peaceful. Yes. And And it's not maybe what you think. Yes. And as I said, it's not because I wasn't prepared. It's not because you didn't communicate, going back to the last episode, (laughs) what people needed to do. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that wasn't the issue. It was more the way that you were communicating. Yes. 
So it was one of those light bulb aha revelation moments that peaceful Tuesday morning we left. I even played a little card game with two of the children before we left in the morning. I'm like, what is happening? Like, Who has time for that? Who has time for that when we leave so early? But the difference was me. I was yep. like, it's all me. I set the tone for the morning. And the difference that morning was not that my five children were behaving perfectly and remembered everything on their little checklist. It wasn't that my husband came to the rescue. It was just it was simply because I decided to be peacefully prepared. There was a big difference in being prepared and peacefully prepared. <laughs> yeah, so you you were basically, instead of living from the outside in, reacting to the stressors in your environment, Mm -hmm. you were living from the inside out and you were able to impact the environment. Yeah. And that kind of goes back to the topic of living like a thermostat, not a thermometer, which Mm -hmm. we've talked about before. But this is a practical application of it. And I I love the fact that you identified that and you (laughs) made the switch. (laughs) I'm the problem. (laughs) (laughs) We're always the problem. And that's really... Uh, a very freeing thing when you understand that. It's true. The moment that you accept responsibility for being the problem, you now have the power and the ability to change your situation. As long as you are a victim and it's somebody else's fault, you have to wait until they get the revelation to act benevolently on your behalf to try to change things for you. Mm -hmm. And you sit there and you're frustrated and doesn't anybody care about me? And it's it's a very negative cycle that perpetuates from that point your focus is solely on yourself and you're focused on the way you wish things were and all the things that you don't have you aren't content you're not able to express gratitude i mean that's one of the reasons we do that is it instantly breaks that that cycle and it puts you on the positive trajectory so you can start being content and living out of that place of peace like we're talking about in this episode Yeah, so the big difference was that I let peace rule in my heart and come out of me as a fruit. It was a byproduct of what I was filled with. And instead of a firefighter putting out fires, I was like this intentional, I don't know, who's really intentional? Like a, think of people that do martial arts. (laughs) Like they train really hard and they are really, really specific about how they do everything and Mm -hmm. nothing's really by accident. Yeah, I like the the picture of the firefighter. I mean, that resonates with me. I've heard that a lot in the productivity space that I work in. But maybe a better analogy for this is like a dietitian versus a doctor. Oh, yeah, that's good. Because people will go to a doctor when they are experiencing a symptom. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times that symptom is a cause of something that they haven't been able to see for a long time, but they've kind of been feeding it with their bad habits. They've been eating the wrong things. They've got high cholesterol, whatever. Mm-hmm. High blood pressure, high blood sugar. I mean, everybody is is different, but that's the, the basic idea is like, these are just symptoms of, of things that you've been doing over and over and over again. And now you're starting to see them, even though they've been happening beneath the surface for quite a while. Whereas a dietitian is going to take a preventative approach instead of trying to treat the disease with a a pill or, you know, what we're going to fix this sort of thing. It's like, we're going to make sure that this never happens in the first place. Yeah. And that's really interesting that you bring that up because the change from the inside out is really what it was. And it wasn't just, I decided to be peaceful. 
it's what I filled myself with, but I did actually make changes, physical changes in my body and what I ate. And so these peaceful directions I was giving to my children that magical Tuesday morning, it was because everything was abundant in me. The peace was abundant. Patience was abundant. Peace was ruling me, spirit, soul, and body. I was all in unity, my whole self, mm-hmm. every part of me. And what comes out of us is what's in us. We can't fake it. Yep. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So in those frenzy, crazy, chaos mornings trying to leave, out of the abundance of my heart was, we got to get there, we got to do this, we got to, okay, no one's doing what they're supposed to be doing. Um, the opposite of that, that wonderful Tuesday morning was, I had an abundance of peace, I had an abundance of unity within my own self, spirit, soul, and body. And that is what was coming out of my mouth. Again, Mm -hmm. it can't be faked. It can't be manufactured. And I was such a negative naysayer in my (laughs) swirling thoughts as I came across this, like people don't really live that way. Come on. Especially not with five kids. Well, what you're talking about, we've we've kind of talked about in a different way. We've talked about the alignment that's important when you're both pulling in the same direction in terms of a husband and a wife but what you're talking about is really alignment for your spirit soul and body yeah which you can absolutely be pulling in different directions you can be one way at church on sunday and say the right things and then the rest of the week live a different way you're not in alignment Mm -hmm. and then there's going to be some conflict there's going to be some turmoil within you because you're never quite sure which way you're supposed to be going and if you develop the spiritual side of you then that eventually if that becomes the dominant one like that can win out but wouldn't it just be great if you could get these things aligned and that's what we personally believe in terms of spirit soul and body is Mm -hmm. you're supposed to make your emotions conform to your spirit you're supposed to make your body conform to your spirit but if you don't, it just kind of runs wild and it's always going to go in a contrary mm-hmm. direction because it's always going to be, I mean, it's just the way it's designed. Your body specifically, it's got an appetite that is insatiable and it's always looking for the next thing to feed it, whether that be like physical hunger and you're looking for something to eat or just like a a, a selfish, which is really what lust is all about, is it's just this selfish desire to benefit yourself at the expense of other people. You know, that's the same approach, though. And the, the your spirit, though, operates out of a, a place of love, and that's preferring other people above your yourself. And that's really the ideal way to live, but it's not the default way to live. So you have to develop that, and then you have to train your body and your emotions to fall in line and go in the same direction. That's exactly what you're talking about here when you're talking about living from a state of peace. You're describing a specific situation on a Tuesday morning where all that stuff kind of aligned. Yep. But it doesn't have to be a once in a while, wouldn't it be great if I remember that one time when yes. <laughs> you know I did that. You can live out of that place. Yeah, it's true. And it actually also makes me think of if you're you mentioned church. So just think about like a spiritual mentor or maybe you have a a physical trainer. Are you your best self sometimes when you're with those people? But when left alone to our own devices, let's just take physical exercise. 
for me personally, I need the accountability of a class. That's really good for me. I work so much harder than left to myself. But why is that? (laughs) It's because I lack discipline in that area. But as there's a really great book, and our pastor's been saying all the time, discipline equals freedom. And that's really true on every level. And when we become disciplined and we discipline ourselves to be in unity and we make our mind just stop and our emotions stop running us, and our body, the cravings just to stop, and our desire to sit on the couch instead of be active, uh, just stop and be in alignment with who we're really supposed to be and who our best self is, then we can really operate in such a way that we are so content in who we are because there's so much alignment, there's so much unity that we can flow in our gifting, we can be who we're really meant to be, we can help those around us, and it's 100% authentic. Yeah. Now, the discipline thing, let's unpack this a little bit because I've got a little bit different revelation from this recently when I read the book Procrastinate on Purpose by Rory Vaden, which we just covered for Bookworm. And he defines discipline, well, he takes a little bit different approach to it than Jocko does in Discipline Equals Freedom. Now, that book specifically, Jocko Willink is the extreme ownership guy, which we both love that book. And Mm -hmm. he gets up at 4.30 every morning. He's a Navy SEAL, I think. Yeah. I mean, typical, exactly what you would think. <laughs> if you've never met him, you look at a picture, he's with that description, you'll be like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's what I expected. <laughs> and he just kind of confronts people with his message and is like, you just got to learn to love discipline and you just got to do it. And that, I think, maybe can be polarizing for some people. I I understand his core message and I agree with it, actually. But I think there are some people who get discouraged by that because they try it for a while and they don't ever get to the point where they like getting up at 4.30 in the morning. And I think that's probably pretty normal. (laughs) And at that point, you're kind of wondering like, okay, so why isn't this working for me? But Rory Vaden talks about how discipline... The people who are the most disciplined, there's not something like wired differently in their brain. They don't actually enjoy the discipline. They just have a different perspective on it. And they have a long-term view and they see the impact that the discipline can have in the long term. And that is why they stick with things. So when it comes to discipline and doing the things that are going to produce the results that you're looking for, you know, if you want to develop your spirit, you develop spiritual disciplines. If you want to develop your body, you exercise regularly, you develop physical disciplines. You can even develop mental, emotional disciplines. Our gratitude practice is an example of an of a emotional discipline. But don't get discouraged if you're like me and it doesn't just all of a sudden become fun for you. (laughs) Doesn't mean that you're not the type of person who can benefit from these disciplines. You just have to have a little bit different perspective as you go into it. And you remember that you are playing the long game. Focus on what is going to happen as a result of the discipline. But don't get discouraged if you don't see it right away either. I think that's kind of the other part of this is like you go to the gym at the beginning of the year, it's full of people who have this newfound motivation, I'm going to get in shape. And then they work out for a couple of weeks every day. 
and they think, well, after a couple of weeks, this should get easy. I should see the weight coming off and I should learn to enjoy it by then, but they don't see the results that they had expected Mm -hmm. and they haven't learned to embrace the process. Mm -hmm. And so they get discouraged and they they quit. Same thing here, spirit, soul, and body. You have to have that same approach with a discipline. Like I'm just focused on the process and the results are gonna take care of themselves. Yeah, and I had to make changes on all three of those levels. Um, And even after that Tuesday morning, I went through a time where things were really stressful. I wasn't sleeping well. There was different things going on with relationships in our lives, and it was really hard for me. And it didn't have to be that hard on me. I let it kind of run me for a while, Mm. and that made it really hard. But some of the changes that I've made is physical. Let's do physical. My body thrives on lots of fresh vegetables and fruits. And also, um, apple cider vinegar. I do like a teaspoon or two with a glass of water in the morning. It does wonders for me with healthy digestion and my energy levels. And so those are the few simple changes I made, and it's made such an incredible difference. And with on the mental side or the soul, I just had to let it all go, let all the things go I couldn't control, which is pretty much everything except for my <laughs> own decisions for myself, what, how I disciplined myself. And I started reading books that really uplift me. For example, Andrew Murray's The True Vine. That's one I, I continually go back through, back to and reread. And sometimes I don't necessarily read read it all the way cover to cover because it's a devotional little um, small chapters but it's something that just it does it for me Mm -hmm. and then spiritually just reading my bible more and filling my mind and filling myself with good things that i believe and i want to put in the forefront and praying more and praying more for other people because the more we pray for other people the less we're focused on ourselves. And then continually throughout the day, being mindful of God and lifting people and situations to God and knowing that he cares for me. Don't be anxious about things. Instead, pray. Pray about everything. He longs to hear your requests. So talk to God about your needs and be thankful for what has come. And know that the peace of God, a peace that is beyond any and all of our human understanding, will stand watch over your hearts and minds in Jesus, the anointed one. That's Philippians 4, 6 through 7. And that is part of the recipe for me in finding, living out of this state of peace, living out of this state of rest. It's what am I thinking about? Am I so Mm -hmm. focused on myself and my own lists and what I have to do? Or am I focusing on higher things? Am I focusing on those around me and how I can benefit them? Yeah, it's not a knowledge problem. No. We know what we're supposed to do. We just have trouble actually doing it. And that is why it's a consistent, I don't want to say struggle, but kind of. You know, you're. we all want to live the right way. We want to, specifically you and I, be spirit-led and live spiritually every moment of every day. That does not ever happen that every single moment of every single day, we have been led by the Spirit of God because we are three parts. We're spirit, soul, and body. And eventually, if we're not careful, the soul or the body will be... Dominant. Yeah. Yeah. And the trick is when you notice those 
moments that I am being led by my body. I'm being led by my emotions right now. And this is not the way I want to live my life. That is the time right there, right then to make the adjustment Mm -hmm. and click back over. And all you do is you get better at recognizing those moments where you're not living the right way. Mm -hmm. And you shared one on a Tuesday morning where you recognize this isn't the right way. And Mm -hmm. then you've figured out the right way. So now every Tuesday morning, you have the opportunity when things start to go awry, because they will. It's not going to go perfect every Tuesday morning when you're leaving for school. You have the opportunity to recognize like, hey, this isn't the way it's supposed to be. I've already identified, as you shared, that I am the problem and the solution. So I am going to make the switch right now. And it only takes a moment to make that switch. And then you've course corrected. And you maybe have to course correct hundreds or even thousands of times in a day. Don't be discouraged by that. Just keep making those corrections. Eventually, what will happen is you will have a shorter time that you will go being led by the the wrong thing before you make a course correction mm-hmm. and that's kind of the whole idea behind like if you were to apply this in the mental realm mindfulness meditation is the same sort of idea you just focus on your breath you train your brain to to slow down and not just respond to all the information and the external stimulus that's going on but focus on your breathing breathe in breathe out it's not a spiritual practice really at all it's just training your brain and then if you do this for any length of time you know, it takes 10 seconds, maybe 30 seconds, eventually a couple of minutes, but your brain always wanders. Mm-hmm. And the real value, any sort of person who's done this for any length of time will tell you is not in beating yourself up. Oh man, I could only make it 30 seconds this time. It's just, okay, let's go back. Let's focus on the breath. Mm-hmm. You're, it's just like training a child. <laughs> you have to tell them and show them every, like over and over and over again, like this is the way to do the thing. Mm-hmm. And you don't get frustrated when like they don't get it perfectly yeah and that just leaving the house for anything and being peaceful and at rest what a great and beautiful picture and example for my children and that in and of itself isn't really enough motivation all the time it really does need to come from my own motivation because that is short-lived when you're just doing things for other people without it being a true conviction on your own part Recently, I was able to drive to northern Wisconsin by myself. And I, I say, like how you phrased that. I was able to. No, I was able to. This was great. You know, you could think of driving for several hours by yourself in the car when you're not, you don't normally do that. You usually have a mm-hmm. car full of people. I was like, wow, I could pick a, I should really carefully select an audiobook because I could listen to a whole audiobook mm-hmm. uninterrupted. That would be amazing. And that's exactly what I did. So I very, very, (laughs) I was very careful about, okay. And I asked God, I was like, what should I listen to? Because I want it to be really, really meaningful. And it was, he led me to Sarah McKenzie's teaching from rest. This is an incredible book. And if you're not a homeschooling mom, you could still read it because it's really, really amazing. And I traveled alone, enjoying the solitude and the quiet and the beauty of northern Wisconsin. And I listened to it, and it fed me on every part of me. There was times I cried and times I laughed by myself in the car. (laughs) 
And I ask God to forgive me for not trusting him and trying to strive and be so stressed. And, oh, to be a fly on that wall. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, it was really one of those incredible times for me. And it was all just me by myself. I had nothing to hide behind, no to-do list, no chores, no appointments, no lessons to hide behind. And it was, that's why it was so meaningful because I couldn't hide behind anything anymore. And my desire was to really understand how to live this way. Mm-hmm. And I, I just wanted to get it and it was, it was so impactful for me. And there's already things I'm putting into practice that I learned from that book. And I'll probably do another episode on that, Teaching from Rest, that concept um, for specifically teaching your children um, down the road, but we'll see. But it was really, really great for me to understand what this looked like. Mm-hmm. It didn't look perfect, but it's just that overwhelming, what what comes out of me is not frantic. It's not striving. It's identifying moment by moment what is right. Mm-hmm. It yeah. may not be the laundry. It may not be the dishes that are never ending. It may not be being <laughs> caught up on email because how can you really get caught up on email? Maybe for a second. It's not being caught up on email. <laughs> and it's like what's truly important right now. Mm-hmm. What I Do I want to be remembered for getting all my stuff done and being crabby? Or do I want to be remembered for the mom that would stop to play a card game? stop to read a book mm-hmm. one of my favorite recent things in the morning that i do with my daughter because a lot of times she's the first one awake after i've been awake for quite a while is i read her little picture book bible to her mm-hmm. and it's oh, i love this bible it is just it is done so well and it's done in like the stories the way it set um, tells the bible stories it's just so engaging and her and I just do that before we do anything else. And it's just our little time in the morning. And it fills her little cup with mommy's time. And she's much <laughs> happier those she days is. and not pulling on me as hard, which is really great. Yeah, that's uh, a lot there. Um, let's go back a little bit to the the car ride. I think this is a, a cool example of finding a pocket of time where you can feed your spirit because you can't do anything else except drive Mm -hmm. at that moment. So you've kind of specifically chosen, I'm going to redeem this time and I'm going to be physically be doing this thing, but it's not going to require, I need to be careful I say this because you do need to pay attention when you are, yes, when you are driving. But um, this is kind of like the ideal application of multitasking, in, in my opinion, is you have this routine thing that doesn't require all of your attention all of the time. And so that's when you can feed on like an audiobook or a, a podcast even. And uh, you don't want to be constantly filling every single space in your life, but do identify the places where you can do those things. Mm-hmm. I know podcasts were kind of how I got, listening to podcasts is kind of how I got into the the productivity space that I now work in. And for a long time, I listened to these things and kind of never thought that I would be a contributor 
in that space. Never thought that I could really do it. But over time, you know, because I had fed on it enough, I, I learned to speak the language and was able to to contribute. So uh, I guess my my little takeaway here is like look for those pockets of time in your in your regular schedule. You don't have to. It doesn't. That's great that you found like that big pocket because there were some unexpected things that happened and you had to make a trip that you weren't necessarily planning on Mm -hmm. making but you have those little pockets of time throughout your regular day-to-day routine as well Mm -hmm. so figure out you know where are those spots and what are the disciplines that i can create to take advantage of the time that i have yeah And for me, it is regularly getting up early before everyone. It's really, really important for me to be up before the rest of the family. I need that time in the morning. And those mornings where I maybe I didn't sleep really well or I went to bed really late or there's things happening and I wake up to the children waking me up, I really don't like starting the day that way. It happens sometimes. I love getting up at 6, 5.30 is even better because I can read my Bible and pray. Then I can work on something like what's pressing that day. I can work on a lesson plan or do the budget or anything else that I might need to do, maybe do some writing. But that morning time is just, it's it's my time. Yeah, how you start something is very important. How you start something and how you end something. Yes. And so, yeah, at the very beginning of the day, that's when you want to put the most important mm-hmm. stuff first. Yeah. And we've talked about the oxygen mask analogy mm-hmm. when you get on the airplane yep. until you put your own oxygen mask on first. That's the way to do it as a parent is to get up earlier mm-hmm. and take care of yourself first. And then you are in a much better position to yeah. serve the little people that are dependent on you. Yeah. You're not starting the day feeling empty because nothing was put in. You're starting the day full, overflowing, yep. ready for those little humans that you love or whatever <laughs> may be the job that you have, whatever it may be. Another thing is I've been working hard at incorporating reading every day into my life. It could be a fun book. It could be a book that I need to learn about a topic, but even just 10 minutes in the evening. But often in the evening, I get so tired that if I sit on the couch and read, I will fall asleep. It's true. Mike can attest to this. (laughs) But I love the hammock chairs that my husband purchased. And we hang them in the basement on when it's cold or rainy or outside. So that's a really favorite spot. Even if I can do 10 minutes of reading, even while the kids are playing, that's really been good for me to put into practice again. Yeah, those chairs are great stress busters. Yeah, you sit in those and you just instantly are like, Am I on vacation? This feels amazing. <laughs> it's easy to relax. Yes. Yeah. Taking care of my body is also important um, from living in a state of peace and rest. I need to exercise. I try to do it at least three times a week. It's, lately, it's been even more than that, which is great. And eat as healthy as I can. I'm not super strict about a diet, but I just try and eat a lot of fresh produce. Yeah. Uh, I've made adjustments here too. For the most part, I eat for lunch uh, salads a couple times a week at Mm -hmm. least. And uh, the other thing with exercise, uh, one of the first things that I did whenever I got shut down 
with COVID is I decided I was going to get outside and run or bike every single day mm. last year. And uh, I pretty much did that up until October. That helped out a lot. So those are a couple other examples of non-spiritual disciplines. Uh, when it comes to spiritual disciplines, one of the things that I've done recently that has helped a lot in terms of, you know, we we're talking about earlier, getting your, your body and your mind to fall in line is I practice fasting Oh, I was hoping you'd mention this. <laughs> which for a long time I avoided because what a lot of people don't know is that I have been diagnosed with epilepsy. And one of the things that stresses your body, which could cause a trigger a, a seizure, is fasting. But I don't fast for like a week at a time. And honestly, there are a lot of other things that stress your body too. You don't sleep well. That's a big stress on your, mm -hmm. your body. Well, I can't really control that. I do what I can to make sure that I, I sleep well. And I'm, I'm careful, but I'm not like shutting my life down if I don't get eight hours of sleep, you know? So eventually uh, I just got to the point where I was asking God really like, what what do I do? What's the next step here for my spiritual development? And felt like he was telling me you need to fast. And so I started doing it and now I do it pretty much every Wednesday. And it's, you know, it's not that hard to be honest, even for somebody like me who has a pre-existing condition, right? <laughs> and a valid reason not to do it. it. It's it's not something that's super difficult. There's no negative ramifications from it other than you do feel hungry throughout the day. And that is, again, a trigger, an opportunity for you to say, no, I'm going to live this way. So that's really all it is, is for me is I am using those opportunities to pray about the thing that I happen to be fasting for and show my body you don't run me you know yeah. just because i feel hungry doesn't mm -hmm. mean i have to eat yep fasting is incredible and it the benefits far surpass spiritual benefits the spiritual benefits mm -hmm. are really phenomenal but it also for your actual physical body giving your digestive system rest if there's anything happening in there it gives it a chance to actually heal yeah. And I've even heard some doctors uh, or even read some books how that if you're sick, now do research, do talk to your doctor or whatever, but if you're sick, actually fasting can help your body heal because you're not compromised trying to digest a bunch of food, but also fight off whatever the sickness is too. Yep. And just mental clarity, there's so many, there's tons of resources out there about the vast benefits on every level. Yeah, I look forward to it now. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Well, I really, really hope that you heard our heart today about that we don't live these perfect lives, sipping tea on the back porch, bouncing our child on our knee, perfect <laughs> bliss all the time, because that's not the reality. But our heart is to live in a place of peace yep. and rest and let all of that come out of us and to be in alignment, to be in unity, spirit, soul, and body. One last thing I'll mention on that, it is a practice. It is. So as you practice something, you get better at it. Mm -hmm. And the more that you practice living out of that state of peace, 
the more often you're going to be able to click into that. Yep. And I would say you practice responding instead of reacting. Yep. When I would live in a stressful state thinking about all the things I had to do, I was reacting to everything around me instead of thoughtfully responding, knowing my intention, knowing what I had to do, but doing it in a, in a calm manner. Yep. And I will leave you with an excerpt from Ecclesiastes 3 today. There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to uproot, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones and a time to gather them, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to search and a time to give up, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to mend, a time to be silent and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. What do workers gain from their toil? I have seen the burden God has laid on the human race. He has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the human heart. Yet, no one can fathom what God has done from the beginning to end. I know that there is nothing better for people than to be happy and to do good while they live, that each of them may eat and drink and find satisfaction in all their toil. This is the gift of God. I know that everything God does will endure forever. Nothing can be added to it and nothing can be taken away from it. God does it so that people will worship him. Thank you for listening to the Intentional Family Podcast. We can be found at intentionalfamily.fm. Until next time, join us in living life intentionally.